What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Nightmares Podcast, where we talk about all things horror, whether it be movies, music, uh, television shows, comics, whatever the fuck we, we feel like uh, talking about. That's what we do. Um, I am, of course, here with uh, uh, the usual suspects. Mr. Zachary Smith is hanging out. What's up? Thank God you didn't try to come up with a nickname this time, because that was embarrassing the last time you did it. <laughs> Whatever. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we do have uh, B-Man um, and Colin hanging out in the booth. And then uh, we have a very, very special guest hanging out with us today. He has been on the Nightmares podcast before. Hey, if you like horror and you like hip-hop, he is definitely the man to talk to. This is Corey Clark, a.k.a. Poltergeist OD. But before he introduces himself, if if you're not quite sure who he is, check this video out. I'm Poltergeist, and I make inappropriate songs about horror movies. So basically, I just came to see some naked D's and A's for free. Take a peek. Twelve cabins, twelve vacancies, twelve bodies, mother pray for me, I might go psycho occasionally, one body too many pray for me, cause we all go a little mad sometimes. No happy ever rafter, just chapter rafter, chapter rafter, chapter massacre, make the ripper look like an amateur ambassador of the slashers, Michael. Lord of the dead, Lord of the dead, you can wake up in the coroner's bed, this is the hour for mourning and dread, drain of the blood that was stored in his head. All of the apologies that you can muster from your dread Won't protect you on your bed Nothing will from Pumpkinhead This is not a dream, baby This ain't Halloween, baby When I'm on the scene, this is what we call a scream, baby Subscribe on YouTube at Poltergeist OD Follow me on Instagram and the Slasher app at Poltergeist underscore OD Without further ado, Mr. Poltergeist OD What's going on, brother? So happy to see you again what is up guys good to see you guys again dude the um uh, it's been awesome man dude we've been we've been following you uh like crazy uh you finally came out with a rap um about my favorite horror movie uh scream which is up there on the movie poster so very excited about that i know you've been uh, rocking and rolling with a lot of new stuff since we talked last time it's been it's been fucking awesome man to watch you um keep growing and keep doing your thing i just announced uh, a leatherface song i'm dropping on friday Nice. I know there's a lot of people in this room that would be very excited. I got a Leatherface uh, action figure right behind Zach. It's been requested a lot. Now I believe that. I believe that. So, so I know the Leatherface one's been requested a lot, but how's the Chud Two one coming along? I wrote Chud and Chud Two. They're both written. I just need to find the perfect beat and record to it. All I needed to hear. <laughs> Good to know. It's. I'm, I might drop it as like a double feature. Just drop them both on the same day. Fuck uh, yes. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Brandon right now, who hasn't decided how he feels about it. He's going to love it. He'll be forced to. I won't let him live without it. <laughs> how you doing over there, buddy? Ha- has anybody here besides myself and Zach actually seen Chud 2? He has. What's that? I didn't hear it. He asked uh, if anybody in the room besides me and him have seen Chud 2. Oh, I own it. <laughs> See, and he's proud right. of his decision. <laughs> Brandon can't get rid of it. No. Um, uh, he would like to, but he keep, he can't get rid of it. It keeps coming back. I like bad. The uh, <laughs> the um uh, dude, it's like literally like I want to do like a gif 
where we turn the mask into the DVD of Chud 2. Remember when Jim Carrey throws it out of the window, but a boomerangs back in <laughs> to the apartment? <laughs> I want to see the <laughs> whoop. And then deep fake Brandon's face onto Jim Carrey's face. That'd be great. The, um, I'll work uh, on that gift later. Oh, awesome. So, Zach, what are we talking about today, sir? Today we are talking about children's horror television, uh, particularly when it was good. So, mainly shit back in like the 90s. and Well... You know, is children's horror television even existent right now? No. I, maybe. I don't know. Not, not, it, that's the way well, that see, we see, that's do part it. of the problem. It doesn't exist. And what we need to do is we need to bring that shit back. We do need to bring that shit back. <laughs> I'm taking it back. <laughs> there we go. Let's do it. <laughs> Fuck it. We'll do it live. Do it live. <laughs> <laughs> that, one, that, one's, that one's for Colin. Um, uh, so, um, obviously, we all grew up with uh, with the, the Goosebumpses and, and the Are You Afraid of the Darks of the World and everything else. So, everybody's going to get their turn to uh, talk about their favorites. Um, and, and per guest tradition um, uh, with uh, um, question of the podcast and also, of course, these questions, I'm going to give it um, to our guest to go first if they would like, but they can pass it um, uh, if they so choose. Um, so um, I would love, man, to hear some of your personal favorites um, uh, growing up or even some stuff you've watched recently. And you're like, oh, that still holds up. I mean, like, my favorites are obviously Goosebumps and, like, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, but lately I've been into the more obscure ones. Like, have you guys watched Bump in the Night? No, no I haven't. I mean, it was, like, it. an old an old claymation uh, show about these monsters who lived under the bed. And the intro song is annoying as fuck, but it's a, it's a decent show. Th that's awesome. Brandon has a curious, um, I'm going to look this shit up on IMDb look right now in his face. They um so he's on his way. So what was the show? Called I used again? to watch I used to watch stuff like Mona the Vampire, uh Monster by Mistake. Pretty much anything. You guys didn't get YTV, did you? We uh we no. had a channel called YTV that uh it played Goosebumps and like all the Canadian shows like that, but uh I'm not sure if some of the ones I mentioned were Canadian. I don't think Mona the Vampire is. That's I think so Monster by Mistake maybe, but I don't know. I'm dumb, so. The uh, dude, like, yeah, no. The only Canadian export we got back in the day was Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark. We didn't really get much else. Probably because those were the two most popular over there. Oh it's just yeah. Like, yeah, fuck it. Give it to the Americans. Oh, They'll yeah. love it. Oh yeah, no, hundred ten percent. The uh, yeah, you guys ate that shit up. <laughs> oh my god, yes, of course we did. It was fucking amazing. The um, uh, yeah, no, it, no complaints here, man. The, uh, no so, complaints. At so, all. what were some of those shows about, though? Like, um, I'm I'm curious because I've never even heard of them, and I and I imagine that most of our audience hasn't. So, I'm curious. Tell us a little bit about those like, shows. Monster by Mistake was this kid who uh, had a curse on him, so that like whenever he sneezed, he turned into like a giant blue monster, and he had to try <laughs> to hide that from the public. It was it was fun. That sounds like an episode of Goosebumps. I feel like, it, yeah. was there like a similar episode or a similar concept in one of the episodes? Because that sounds I'm familiar. Sure. That idea yeah. sounds familiar. The movie Click with Adam Sandler was straight up taken from that Goosebumps episode. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was a hundred percent a ripoff. Like title and all. Yep. The, uh, yeah. They it's, didn't even try. They were like, "Fuck it, I love it." Yeah, let's just turn like this, this into a comedy. So much, let's just make it into a fucking movie. The um, uh, I imagine when you put Chris Walken in something, a lot of things are forgiven. I'll eh. forgive anything for Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, no I, I get that. So, uh, what was the vampire one that you had mentioned? 
Mona the Vampire was just like uh, a little girl and her friends who just had a really active imagination. So they would just take like regular scenarios and imagine them as, you know, like horror related. Hmm. Sounds like, a lot like us. Like that creepy librarian's actually a monster type thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty fun. Sounds fun. That that sounds like a blast. The um uh, the, I I think I probably would have been even more inventive had I watched that show when I was a kid. Thinking about all kinds of crazy shit. The um yeah, that's fucking awesome. The um yeah, you had a lot of special ones, a lot of obscure ones. The I had a really I really want to watch that claymation one that you were talking about towards the beginning. That sounds really interesting. Bump in the night. Yeah, that sounds really weird. Do you know how long Did, that it's series? Pretty weird. Oh, I was gonna say, do you know how long that series ran for? I have no idea. I think it was short lived. Mm. Okay. Most of those are pretty fucking short lived. Yeah, that's, that's that's kind of a tragedy that yeah. these things don't really get that long of legs. So. No, I know, no, no. The um, uh, so so. Do you remember any any uh, other ones that you really dug back in the day? I mean. Once, uh, once I fell in love with Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark, I kind of just went down that rabbit hole and started right into the horror movies. The um, uh, yeah, that's a good, a good bridge. It brings you right in and everything else, dude. I think we mentioned this last time, but I want to talk about it again. Like, what are your, what were some of your favorite episodes of Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, the Tale of the Dark Music is really, really good. Uh, I like uh, what's that one? The Ghastly Grinner. That was a fun one. Uh, Goosebumps, I would say. The Monster Blood ones are awesome. Um, Scarecrow Walks at Midnight is dope. Dude, that Monster Blood one, man. Dude, that when, shit was so ridiculous. Especially in part dude, two, part on, two the on the plane. When they're oh, on the plane, that's that, awesome. Dude, shit was so ridiculous. Dude, dude like, I can't, like, I, I don't think Fast and the Furious said fuck physics that much. <laughs> they, um, I'm tired of this motherfucking Monster Blood on this motherfucking plane. <laughs> dude, like, I've, been, I've traveled my entire life. I have never been on a plane where the fucking compartments were all connected. That's, and you know something funny? That's the part that bothered me the most. Like, none of the other shit bothered me as much as that did. You, oh, you mean the fact that there was so much space in between the fucking rows? That didn't Oh, me? yeah, like that fucking, like, 70s baller plane that, like, that, like, no kid has ever been on, ever. The, um, and I'm like, I, you can still see the fucking ashtrays <laughs> in the seats. <laughs> like, and the rules are so loose on this plane, too. Oh, my God. God. I'm like, how many Saudi princes have, have traveled on this plane? The answer is a lot. Oh, Jesus the, Christ. Uh, <laughs> well, it was before 9-11, so. Um, uh, why is there so much smoke in this plane? Why do you ask so many questions? <laughs> the, um, uh, dude, the other fucking episode was wild. The um, uh, it was. There's, there's actually one that we watched um, really recently, and we were just like, this is actually legitimately good. Like it actually built tone and everything, and that was the perfect school, the two-parter. Yeah, the perfect school. The uh, where they where they where they cloned him. Oh right. Yeah, dude, that one was. And Brandon, you said that it won some type of award or something. Yeah, it was actually nominated for the Directors Guild for Best Directing for Children's Programming. Holy shit! Nice, nice. Wow. Yeah, and and that one was like, cause like, it's season three Goosebumps, which we all know, not the greatest. It's kind of a dumpster fire. Um, they, but yeah, who that, that, that two parter was like. They're actually setting up a plot and tone and acting <laughs> and pacing 
And there's a Wait, there's story. Acting? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like but, that headmaster, he took that role seriously. <laughs> there's actually some That sh- was his shot. They <laughs> it was actually shot well. <laughs> Dude, like um oh. It was a legitimately really good episode of Goosebumps season 3. 3. The, but then uh, again, Horrorland was also season 3. So. Oh, that's true. Horrorland that is was fun. That is arguably the that's pretty much everyone's fan favorite is is the is Monsterland. It's a um, did you guys ever play the Horrorland game for yeah, PS2? Of course I did. They, um, I played it back then. <laughs> I the bought day. it the second I heard about it. I was like, this is fucking sick. Oh, yeah. I had the board game, and that was pretty cool. The um, uh, season... Uh, back when video yeah. games based off movie and TV show titles were good. Dude. Um, uh, PS2 was such a great generation. Dude, there's some bad ones in season three, though. Like, like I, I would just put the pill at the list. They had um, an old story... Where yeah. the old creepy ladies are trying to make new husbands and shit. They, um, right, and they used like baking to do it. Yeah, they, they used prunes. Prune to, cookies. Like, <laughs> they, um, yeah, prune cookies. It was bad. Don't go to sleep. Um, I though, my one of my personal favorites is on here, and they make fun of me for liking it so much. Is the House of No Return was in season three. They, um, uh, is that the board game one? No, it's no, not the board game one. It's literally where like that was also season three. Um, where some kid learns that he's going to be in sales for the rest of his life because it literally is about kids daring other kids to go into a haunted house. And the ending, oh, right. and, the, and the ending is the kid literally convinces the ghost. He's like, "Listen, like you let me go, three more kids are gonna come in." And I'm like, and yeah. I'm like, like that kid could fucking sell anything. He's, he's, <laughs> it's good. The kid's gonna grow up to be a killer. The um, uh, the kid is Jeff Bezos now. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so that's what happened. <laughs> the um, he uh, sacrificed three children and created Amazon. There oh you go. yeah, dude. And then um, it was uh, a deal yeah, the Amazon origin story. Holy Indeed. Shit. They also had like like stream peas and like Bride of the Living Dummy, Awesome Ants. Oh, and, oh, and they also had uh, the, the 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 disaster that is Chillology. Oh yeah, yeah. They um, I, act- I actually own the Chillology on uh, DVD. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I I didn't buy it. People people give me things. <laughs> oh yeah, all you your like goosebumps here, dude. All oh. your unboxing videos well, and fan. They, they, they say it's the thought that counts when it comes to gift giving. So I have to ask, what was the thought behind that gift? Fuck you. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's goosebumps, so I'll take it. Uh, fair enough. I mean, okay, I bought S Darko. Oh, I don't. Yeah. Even, I don't even know what that is. Do I want to know? You shouldn't. Don't worry. You shouldn't. Don't. Worry. don't worry. Just don't. Straight up, don't. <laughs> all right, all right. Just real briefly, Mark. It is the sequel to Donnie Darko that was made without the involvement of Richard Kelly, and it follows Donnie's sister. Like what? Like ten years later, or something like that. I don't care. The um, I've already, I've already lost interest. Like I blacked it's out. It's brutal. They uh, that's that's ridiculous. The um, uh, yeah, Goosebumps was, was a was was fucking crazy. And like I think we're almost done watching our way through it right now, as our little um, uh, you know, as we all that's the, what we do to decompress and everything else. But yes, yeah, it's, it's fucking crazy that all the all the episodes as ridiculous as they get. But Are You Afraid of the Dark though was always a little bit smarter. Um, and a little bit it took itself a little bit more seriously. And there were some good. 
the good episodes of that. The um, what was the one that you mentioned though uh, that that you really liked? Um, uh, the this the, the gr- tale of the dark music. It's like uh, when that kid goes down into his uh, cellar and he finds an old stereo, and whenever he plays it, the cellar door would open, and they would there were these like uh, apparitions that would try to like coax him into coming in. Nice, nice. The, it, was, uh, it was creepy. I remember this like this really creepy porcelain doll, like a life-size one coming out of the door. And I, that scene stuck with me. Yeah, I imagine it would. The, um, uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. The uh, Zack Attack, what, what were some of your fa- your favorites? Of what? Um, uh, no, no, just, uh, it's your turn. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, there was this show I watched as a kid. I couldn't remember the name of it, so I had to look it up. Um, has anybody ever heard of the show called Bone Chillers? I, yeah, no. Vaguely remember that. Okay, so uh, the the best way I could describe this show is if Goosebumps took place in a high school, had a reoccurring cast, and did a line of cocaine. Hmm. Awesome. Funny. <laughs> uh, that's actually very similar to the uh, description that my girlfriend gave me about Bone Chillers. Yeah, really. Pretty much, but she didn't mention the cocaine. But yeah, I do remember like this. Sh- like, I, I personally love this show to death because it just takes everything and just says fuck it and goes so over the top. Like, it has those weird, wacky camera angles and stuff like that. It's it's full of, like, color and life. The kids are fucking hilarious. You got, okay, you got the cliche Doc Brown mad scientist nerd kid. You've got your cliche uh, goth chick who's actually kind of a coward, which I find Dude, hilarious. Dude, Linda Car- uh, Carlini's in yes, this. Yes, she's yeah. the goth chick. It's fucking Velma from Scooby-Doo. Yeah, she's the goth chick. That's awesome. Um, You have your basic, like, kid who gets bullied and stuff like that. Who's, he's like an artist or whatever. And uh, then you have your basic, like, kind of, like, good goody two-shoes, like, kind of, like, clean and all that other stuff person. Yeah, cool characters. And one of the episodes, it's I think it's the first episode of the show. Uh, this guy gets a sketch pad from a homeless guy and starts drawing a whole bunch of monsters. All those monsters come to life and shit like that. Another episode, there's this fly lunch lady that comes in, puts maggots in their fucking meal, and it, like, infects the kids and all that. And the way they have to get rid of it, eat mustard and just spew it out. It's disgusting, it's awesome, it's on crack, and it's fucking hilarious. I can't seem to find a lot of DVDs here. I was just gonna order it. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, found like I found a Halloween special how, for like twenty bucks. Um, yeah, so the only place anywhere. I found it was on. So I I tried looking up like where to get it, but the only thing I could find like they had the entire season on YouTube. But the tragedy about this show, and I hate this fucking company even more now, is when Disney bought ABC, they said fuck it to all the shows that Disney didn't already own or some shit. So this show, even though it was doing amazing got canned because Disney fucking sucks <laughs> but he's not bitter um uh, the uh, <laughs> the um uh, but uh dude I actually you know what the funny thing is I remember the the um the books more than I remember the TV so, show so yeah it is based off the books like Goosebumps says um yeah, and I believe when this show was actually airing on ABC, like, the author of the books would, you know, give, like, a little speech at the end of the episode, you know, encourage kids to be creative and stuff like that, you know. Want to do horror stuff? Do horror stuff. Like, it was great. I caught the show awesome. on it. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was fucking amazing. Uh, there was, like, a thanks... Uh, a Franken Turkey episode or something like that. That was the first episode I saw as again. That shit was hilarious. Franken Turkey sounds like it should be a trauma film. It D- should be. Dude, but- and, and then that kid grew up to uh, to write and direct Thanksgiving. 
Honestly, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised one fucking bit if Thanksgiving uh, and this episode have some correlation with each other. That movie gives me a fucking headache. The uh... but that episode was fucking hilarious. <laughs> the puppet it. they used for the for the like so there's a good turkey who they're trying to save. So um, they create like this amalgamation of fucking turkey because the kid was watching uh, Young Frankenstein Jr. the fifth or something like that. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so it's just like, let's create a Franken turkey so we can replace it with gobbles or whatever. And so they create it. They try bringing it to life. That doesn't work. They throw it in a trash can. A bolt of lightning hits it. Then the fucking thing comes to life and starts fucking with everybody. Uh, the old classic lightning. Oh, of course. Lightning brings everything to life. If you want to bring something to life, if just I, hit it with if some I lightning. Was making, if I was making a movie and, we're like, and there was a part where I didn't know how to segue into a section, just lightning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They use lightning as transitions in the show all the time, and a monster hand just grabbing the frame and just going, fuck you! The, um, uh, dude, the, I can just see them in the writer's room and everything else. Like, I don't know what to, what, to, what to put here. Like, it's it's kind of a rough transition. <sighs> Fucking lightning! <laughs> dude, it wouldn't surprise Big old bolt of white lightning. I swear to God. The, um, I really like it when things are white. The, uh, you sure we're talking about uh, lightning right now? <laughs> Not about cocaine? The, uh... He's old. He's old. Dude, I'm telling you, this show is absolutely hilarious. Yeah, just look up Bone Chillers on YouTube. The first uh, season's on there. It's 13 episodes. It's fucking hilarious. It's awesome. And it's a shame that Disney exists because if they didn't, we probably would have had more seasons. Dude, that kind of sucks, man, because that's that's like the second show that like Linda, uh, I believe, uh, Carnelli... Um, that's the second show that got uh, that she was in that got canceled way too soon. It was that she was in, Freaks, uh, she was in Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. They um uh, so maybe it's a curse. Maybe she just she just stay the hell out of television shows. Yeah, I believe the, she's um... the only one from that show that uh, actually went on to like you know continue her career. Most of the actors stopped. Oh, and the principal of this school may as well be a nice version of Candyman without the hook. He's this that very cool too. over the top, just like imposing dude, and it's just like. I like him. The, He's cool. That that that's awesome. That's awesome. The uh, what else you got? Oh uh, yeah, that's really it. That's oh, that was like it? The, right, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. The uh, B man. All right. So um, I'm not bringing a show. I'm bringing something a little different. It is TV, but um, so in talking about children's horror, I seem to be the only person that remembers this from everybody I know. But and apparently the the reason for this is this only lasted for two months, but Fox Kids for a period of two months had this thing called the No Yell Motel, which was basically a children's version of like the horror hosts like Elvira or Joe Bob or Vampira, and so it's like there would be like these pre-recorded bumpers starring these two puppets one's like a vampire concierge for the motel and the other's his like spider-like assistant and they would like tell these corny like horror related jokes for kids but yeah this would play like in between um like the fox kids horror block of like goosebumps toonsylvania erie indiana Toonsylvania, man. Holy shit. What a name. Oh my god, they're taking me back, man. Yeah, that was one of the Sp Damn. Steven Spielberg produced cartoons. Um, so yeah, it was just like this, it was kind of cute and you know, it's like a CG motel and like it was like, 
it was basically a horror host for kids. Hmm. And I'm going to check that out. I looked it up and the animation looks pretty fun. Yeah, it's puppets. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it's puppets? Yeah. What the hell did I just look up there? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like they have like like the establishing shot of the motel itself is CG, but the actual characters themselves are puppets. Um and yeah, it's I just seem to be the only one that remembers that. I, um, I completely missed that. I, I and I watched Fox Kids a lot back in the day, and I completely missed that shit. The um, I had to did you guys? On, oh, go ahead. Uh, did you guys ever watch Grizzly Tales for Gruesome Kids? No, no. I don't think we got that. That's here another in the one. The, That's another one that I really got into when yeah, I was a kid. Most Ooh. of the stuff I found, I found from Hollywood Video. Cause that's nice. cause we didn't have cable for like so long when I was a kid. I don't think I got cable until I was like maybe uh ten or twelve. So yeah, I just went to Hollywood Video and I would just look. All right, horror section. What do we got here? <laughs> Dude, the statutes of limitations have run out on this, but my dad had a black box back in the day. So uh, you know, we got we got a few things for free. Mm, they, lucky um... you. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I'm fucking Italian, dude. <laughs> we had a lot of shit. We had a lot of fucking shit in my house that, that dropped out the back of a truck. The uh... oh, look at that. One other, just fell. one other that I just remembered. Um, does anybody else remember the R.L. Stein show, The Nightmare Room? Yes, I do remember it. Yeah. It, was, it was towards Definitely. the end. Yeah. The uh, but I do remember it. Yeah. Now, there was like one episode that was like a ripoff of They Live. Um, there was one that starred the brother from Malcolm in the Middle. Um, Which one? Reese. Okay. Um, there, there are a few others, but those are the two that I remember right now. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. Dude, is Colin mic'd up? Can he uh, jump in on this one? Uh, yeah, can you hear me okay, Hunter? Hunter, can you hear it's me okay? Not Hunter, it's Corey. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Shit, I'm sorry. <laughs> Dude, I have I still have like the Corey the is on Hunter, Switcher. apparently. All right. Oh, this Corey. I'm sorry. There you go. All right. Um I would have to say Invader Zim. Uh while it's a hilarious show, but the uh and it's not exactly hard, but the concepts and the aesthetics are very unsettling. Dude, Invader Zim Invader Zim is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, and it's, I don't, it's been a while since I watched it. And I guess in a way it's one of those that I think could have lasted longer. Um, but at the same time, maybe, maybe it did say it's welcome just long enough. I think it did, they made a, a movie resurgence after it was canceled. But I believe they did uh, yeah. not too long ago, somewhere yeah. in the past like six years or so. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, as far as... Uh, the horror stuff goes for kids. I mean, I was never that into the typical ones like Goosebumps or Afraid of the Dark because, as we've discussed before, I can't even do haunted houses myself. So, <laughs> um, I think as far as the the, the closest to anything kind of creepy for kids, they don't really see so much. At least in mainstream stuff today, would be something like Invader Zim, where just the concept is just it just it's hilarious, but it's also very gross. And, uns- and some of the concepts are very unsettling. Oh yeah, dude. They, so. Yeah, dude. Invaders like are- uh, it's like Rocco's Modern Life. It was like yeah. fun and kiddish, but there were some parts where yeah, uh, maybe kids shouldn't have seen it. <laughs> say, are we sure <laughs> this know, is for the uh, right audience? <laughs> I know Invader Zim was also created by the guy that wrote the comic uh, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. I could see that. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Wow. 
<laughs> you learn something new every day. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, one more fun fact about uh, Bone Chillers or whatever. Ron Jeremy played a character in one of the episodes. What? I was just like, oh, Sold. yeah. Sold. Sold. Uh, my... Speaking of I... not appropriate for children. Exactly. <laughs> I, I almost completely forgot about that. I'm like, wait, that's right. That was I, Ron fucking I Jeremy. I would have led with that. <laughs> Dude, Dude, like... I couldn't imagine a fucking parent walking in watching their kid watching. What? what the fuck are you watching? They're like, what kind of setup is this? <laughs> Holy shit, where is this show going? The, uh, well, porn's different now. <laughs> <laughs> They um, uh, oh man, <laughs> mommy, is that the man with the big sausage? Yes, it is, honey. <laughs> Holy fuck! <laughs> uh, well, Boner I, I think that's a good one to go out on. Oh. Mark, do, you have a, do you have a question of the podcast? No, uh, well, I didn't get to go. Then go. They, I will. The um, uh, he's trying to skip me. Um, I don't hear you talk. Um, well, obviously, uh, dude, Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark are a must. Um, but. I actually just rewatched um, Our Real Monsters uh, from Nickelodeon back in the day um, this, this morning. And actually, surprisingly enough, animation is great. Still holds up as a, as a concept. It's really, really cool. Very dry humor, um, which I thought really appreciated. I thought it was a really, really fun show. Um, but the, uh, the, the, the big one that sticks out that a lot of people don't get a chance to talk about um, is... Actually, I'll uh, hang on to that for a second. There's another show that's like half superhero and half science fiction horror, which was Animorphs. Um, I don't know if you guys watched yeah. Animorphs. Animorphs. It's basically yeah. like Power Rangers meets um, invasion, invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. Because all and the, the books were sick. The yep. books were awesome. But like the bad guys are all, it's all Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Right, it's just slugs. Just They're little, little slugs. like slugs that take over other human beings. Yerks. It's very science fiction horror. It's actually a really, really cool idea. Um, I, dude, those books had like some of the coolest fucking colors. Oh, when I was dude, a kid. the fucking art was so good. Yeah, they, I'm so good on. I those. loved flipping through yep. them and just like, yep. just in the little corner of the pages. Yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. I remember. Oh my god, I remember that. That was oh, that was so cool. Dude, Animorphs was fucking great. The uh, Brandon has something to say. No, oh, I just okay. remember the show is all and the books. Yeah. Oh um, my. Uh, I don't remember much about them, but I, I remember the um, the. Uh, uh, or the Analytes or something like that? Andalites. Yeah, yeah. Andalites, yeah. That was my yeah. introduction to Iceman, also. Oh, nice. I, I, I forget his, I keep forgetting the guy's name. I, I, I know who you're talking about, yeah. though. The, um, uh, yeah, dude, as, a, as an overall show, was, it, was, it was really good. It got a little teen drama-y uh, drama at, at times, especially watching it as an adult, but it was, that's kind of part of its appeal. Dude, I haven't thought about the Animorphs in fucking years. I know, dude, I know. It's, it, it's... Go dude, ahead. I played the PS1 game recently. Oh, oh my god. god. Dude, that, that would be a game. Oh yeah. Dude, that would, that would be a cool uh, let's play a game. I could put it on my PlayStation, absolutely. The um uh, yeah, that would definitely be a cool let's play game. Dude, um uh, it's it's amazing that you know how much like money and merchandise and like you know they they had this from every fucking angle. Like the books, the TV, you know, the TV spots, the video games, the merchandise, the clothing, like like literally attacked everything from every angle from And their, I think they did a decent job with their limited TV budget too, like you know, they, you had the aliens that were obviously puppets, but they shot them sparingly and kind of in the dark because, you know, they I think they usually just had the heads. Yeah, the that was it. But that's all you really needed. And it kind of helped when you had the villain as being just other people but being infected. 
or like with the slugs. So uh, I thought they, yeah, especially given a TV budget, they did a great job. Yeah, and actually, just as a concept, it's pretty terrifying to you know to be a kid and and basically know that there's something wrong in the world and know you know and and then basically the thing that's wrong in the world is all of your parents, right? The, and all the adults are all fucked, you know. So you know and. And knowing that something's wrong, but no one would believe you, even if they, even if you told them. Right. So I think as as a concept, it was pretty fucking cool. But without a doubt, the one that I remember the most, and and it's a beloved classic that a lot of people love, is Courage the Cowardly Dog. I couldn't watch that. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. That, that was so just the the feeling of emptiness, and it was so existential dread. <laughs> it was so uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> It's such oh, a good even, fucking show. Even thinking about it right now, I can't. Dude, wow, I've never it, heard somebody react to courage like that. I, dude, it was such a fun fucking show, dude. And there's so much <laughs> creepy shit. Like Cartoon Network didn't. Like you thought Nickelodeon didn't give a fuck. Like Cartoon Network dude, really none of them gave a fuck back dude, then. That was really what made it so good. They uh, didn't. But, they have didn't they have Mega Babies too? Mega Babies. I don't think I've ever heard it of was, Mega Babies. It was like a gross-out show. It was like these babies that were extra strong or something, and huh. they would just fart and shit and puke on everything. I don't know. That's that is not interesting. That I'm aware wait, 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 I think about Trailer Park. Or no, um, what's it called? Trailer Park, no, whatever. No, um, trailer Park Babies. No, I guess. Well, we'll do. While Colin's reminiscing that, I'm going to give one little runner-up um, uh, because I think it's fair to mention it because it was a really impactful show for me when I was growing up was uh, so weird on the Disney Channel. Um, which that was I, awesome. Yeah, that, that was like, that was an easy, literally it was me watching so weird and then going right into watching Supernatural because it's the same, it's almost the same fucking show except Supernatural had a lot more violence and a lot more other things but it was a cool show about, you know, a girl who was obsessed with the Supernatural and running around the country and running into all kinds of shit and that was the first time that I ever got introduced to like folklore and like you know concepts of vampires and werewolves and like topas and 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 um, bigfoot and chubacabras and like there was a lot of that in that and ufos and like multiple times ufos so there was a lot of um ghosts spirits poltergeists like the angels there was a lot of concepts in that show that were you would very adult but it was kind of a really cool introduction to a lot of folklore that you would have not known as a kid so it i think overall it was a really well-written show dude Things were just, I don't know what happened in the 90s. I don't know if, if they just went on a budget spree. I don't know if it was the, 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 the ability to sell more shit to kids that offered more money and they were able to hire better writers. What the fuck happened in the 90s um, you know, with, with writers? You know, it, it's, um, it's amazing. Um, I don't know. I wasn't there, so I don't know. And actually, that's going to be the, the question of the podcast. You know what? Do you, what do you think that you know was going on in, in in those creators' minds to have the balls and the gusto to, to do some of this shit that they? I mean, because there's stuff of Are You Afraid of the Dark and um, Goosebumps and you know Encourage the Cowardly Dog, which is talking about existential dread and like very cerebral philosophies. I know I don't what what separated those people, um, those creators. You know, was it the environment? Was it um, was it there was more money for those type of writers? Was it what was it? What was what it made that era so special? What gave those writers permission to to be that free and to, to cover topics that are designed for children, like the, designed for children and like young adolescents? So I'm I'm very curious about what you guys think about that because as adults we observe it and we're like that's really weird. How the hell did they they they, they get away with doing that shit? 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it up for open discussion on how you thought that they got away with that shit. So um, Corey, you get to go first, but if you want, you can pass. No, um, I I think the '90s just pushed boundaries in general. Like I've I've been watching uh, the Norm show with Norm Macdonald. Nice. And that show would not fly today. It's so offensive. And I think I think just the '90s in general, they they just pushed it as far as they could go, and not many people told them they couldn't. Like you watch anything from that era, like uh, the mid to late '90s, and it's generally pretty adult oriented no matter who's uh who it's geared towards you know nice nice that's a, that's a good point zach so i think part of the reason we got so much great content in like the mid to late 90s especially when it comes to like children's horror and stuff like that is because a lot of those people were coming out in the 80s and the 80s was essentially the golden age of horror so a lot of those people grew up with that content it's just like i want to make something like that geared for kids I mean, that just kind of makes more sense in my mind. Plus, you know, shit was really wacky, like, in the 90s and just over the top. So it's just like, fuck it, let's just take that shit, turn it up to 11, and just fucking go to town. Um, I, I'm going to kind of build on that a little bit, too. Because also coming out of the 80s, the 80s is when a lot of, like, restrictions on advertising towards kids... Lifted? Got, got lifted. Yeah. And so it's like, that. you have all these shows like Transformers and G.I. Joe that are essentially just toy commercials. So it's like, if you have a decade of that, I'm sure there are a lot of children's content creators who just wanted to do something that wasn't just a commercial, but actually had stories. Yeah. Um, So I'm sure there is also some pushback to that. And and it's, it's, I'm thinking about this right now. It is a little weird that we don't really have any children's horror TV, at least not what I can think of. Um, then again, I wanted to be the target age right now, so. But I still um, feel like we would still, hear something. Yeah, because like I'm sure, because like my parents knew what Goosebumps was. Uh, my parents knew what Are Afraid of the Dark was. Um, I have no idea if there's any children's horror right now. I, I, I just don't. I'm sure there. I'm sure somebody out there listening to us knows something, but I can't think of anything. And I find that weird considering that those who, the people who are creating this stuff now would have been the people who were influenced by Goosebumps as children. So I, I just find it weird that there's a cutoff right now. The, um, Colin, oh, go ahead. Go, uh, go ahead, man. I think, I think what they're doing is they're, like because we all grew up with that stuff, they're just trying to gear it more towards our own age still. Like they took Sabrina, made it dark. They took Archie, made it dark. They're just taking whatever concept we liked when we were younger and making it dark now. I don't know. That just seems to be the trend in the 20s. Yeah. And really the closest thing I can think of to children's horror right now, and this show has been off and it ended a few years ago, and that's Gravity Falls, but it has horror elements but i still wouldn't call it horror so i just find it weird that there isn't really anything geared towards children the um count uh yeah kind of piggybacking off of that i guess you could argue that if any, there's any kind of horror stuff for children it might be found on the internet um rather than uh mainstream uh i 
I, it's not on anymore as far as I know, but I would maybe argue Teletubbies was pretty horrific to watch. <laughs> uh, Teletubbies was pretty scary. And yeah, <laughs> not even like, like, like legitimately scary sometimes, but it, it was for babies and whatever. But uh, yeah, I guess if you look at the, any maybe list of creepy stuff, you don't really see a whole lot today unless it's just odd things on the internet where there is basically no censor at all. So I think it, in a way most of the the stuff that, because there's so much content, they want to make sure, it, uh, like a mainstream, they want to make sure it sells and everything. So they kind of go for the the straightest and, and safest route. And I guess it's just all relative depending on what decade you're in. I I grew up in the 90s, but also I'm not really old enough to speak on the culture of the 90s as far as like why people were like it'd be cooler it'd be pretty cool if we had like somebody who was older than all of us and be like you know who grew up in maybe the 70s or 80s be like and so they could reflect more on what the 90s were and maybe why just the world as it was maybe uh shape things they were the way they were but i think you guys brought some good points as far as uh um, yeah, just your points already. I'm just kind of piggybacking on some of them. I actually, um, I'm a pretty big history buff, so there's a lot of things here. And actually, as I was listening to everybody, the big thing was Brandon was talking about it with the with the regulations of advertisement um, towards kids. There's a lot more surplus of money being pushed in, so the, the content was allowed, writers were allowed to be paid more, and you're going to get a better stream of writers, period, by having a little bit more moolah being pushed in there. But there's a couple different things. One, um, it's a, a couple things. Um, no helicopter parents at the time. The uh, we were we were the last gasp of breath of the kids who had a combination of the sit our ass in front of the TV and watch TV and be really enthralled by it, but also still go out and play. Yeah. The um and so there wasn't as much involvement from our parents, so to speak. Um, so we were. They were more open to watching things and everything else. And also, you know, like Corey said, the, the 90s, they were already pushing the envelope with television at the time. So it wasn't that uncommon. The parents were like, oh, well, they're talking about crazy shit on ER right now and Friends. So why wouldn't they do this here? Number two, um, it's, this is a quick one. Steven Spielberg um, in the 90s moved into doing a lot of uh, children's television. And that also brought it some legitimacy as well that you had some people that were normally associated with big budget um, movies and you know and everything else. They were getting involved in television and making that investment with the Animaniacs and a couple different things that he produced and had his fingerprints in. And also, and this is probably the most important one out of all of it, is that let's think about for a second, let's think about Cartoon Network, the Disney Channel, not Disney, but the Disney Channel, and Nickelodeon. Those were the power and Fox Kids. Those were the powerhouses of of all of our growing up for the most part. Those companies were not corporate. They were not huge companies. They were not massive companies. They were not in international conglomerates. They were very very mid-level companies at that time. I mean Fox was still 
was still trying to find its way and everything else, you know, outside of The Simpsons, you know, so they were trying to make their mark on on that uh, form of entertainment. So they were taking risks and dealing with complicated things in order to attract an audience um, for their kids shows. That's why you had X-Men, Spider-Man. Um, you had a lot of things that they were discussing in, in those shows that were a little bit more complicated, but they were trying to make their map. Cartoon Network was still running fucking reruns of Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Mm -hmm. And like they weren't, they didn't have an identity yet. So it was in the mid 90s that they became an identity. The Disney Channel just became invented in the early 80s. So like it wasn't a big thing. Disney was a huge thing. Um, and they were kind of struggling. They were just getting out of their dark age. It was before from, the, the Renaissance. It was before the Renaissance again, and they were just trying to get their footing. Um, Jeffrey Katzenberg had just been hired to the head of, of Disney at that time. He put some money into the Disney Channel. So they were mid-level, and they were just trying to get their identity. So they were trying and being inventive and in trying things because they were new. And the biggest culprit of that was Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon was... It's just started in the 70s, and they had no idea what the fuck they were doing. They were so small. There's a phenomenal documentary on Amazon right now called uh, the, the Orange Years, and it's all about Nickelodeon starting its run and starting its thing. That's the reason why they originally were in Orlando, Florida, and had the relationship with Universal, because they could not afford the fucking studio space in Los Angeles hmm. at that time because they just weren't big enough. That's why they were filming in Florida. That's hmm. kind of why I want to film there. But... But if you really think about those companies at those times, they weren't the companies that we know today. Like, the, you know, the Disney wasn't as massive as it was. Like, it wasn't that big in the 90s. Um, and then also, Nickelodeon was barely anything. Cartoon Network, again, Hanna-Barbera, shit. Fox Kids. Fox, as a general network, was, was trying to find its identity. So you had a, a, you know, um, a whole combination of of all these great studios coming together trying to make a name for themselves at the time and they were taking risks that they wouldn't normally take and now that they're a big organization it's going to be very very fluffy very corporate because they're fat dumb lazy and happy right now they don't have to be risk takers they don't have to try new things and get complicated about what they do they already are huge conglomerates right now they don't have to take risks what we need is some new companies to come up and start taking some fucking risks and being more inventive and everything else just like they were once before no one took the mantle from uh, from them no one uh, you know grabbed the torch and kept going so that's what needs to happen in order for that cycle to repeat with some new ideas and some new fresh blood. And that's ultimately what, what I think. I know that was a longer-winded explanation, but I think it's important to, to say um, about what the history was so you, people can understand what we need to do to go forward to start that cycle all over again. So the next generation of kids can go, oh my God, how did they get away with that on TV? That's crazy. That's awesome. Like, And they're still talking about it. We're talking about it, what, fucking 20 years later? It was a 94 they, um, uh, you know, uh, more than 20 years. So, you know, 25 years, 26 years later. So, I mean, that's what we're still talking about it because those people were able to take risks because they had nothing to lose. I think there's also a big fear of taking risks right now with cancel culture and just the way with how sensitive people are. I hate yeah. to be that guy to say that sentence, but yeah, I feel like just people are... People are too afraid to push the envelope now because they'll just have their funding stripped from them. Yeah, they um, uh, and you know what? And there needs to be more people who you know, like us, um, uh, and like you, that that say, nah, I'm still gonna do my own thing. They um, uh, I'm gonna let the audience dictate 
um, uh, you know, what I do. If they're digging it and they're enjoying it, that's what I'm going to keep doing. The um, uh, so so anyway, so I this has been awesome. Um, uh, the um, so thank you so much, everybody, for watching this episode of the Nightmares Podcast. This is fucking awesome. Corey, thank you so much, man, for stop for swinging by um, again. The uh, we really really appreciate it. Um, and this is uh, your opportunity, sir. You have the floor. Um, uh, you can go ahead and give a plug about new stuff that you're working on and where the good people can find you. All right. You can find me on Instagram and the slasher app at poltergeist underscore OD. You can find me on YouTube or anywhere else at just poltergeist OD. Uh, I'm dropping a song on the 18th. I'm not sure when this episode is coming out. I have a new song now. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm dropping Leatherface right away. Uh, after that, I'm going to be dropping a killer clowns from outer space song and then i'm going to be dropping a frighteners song and after that i'm going to keep everything uh to myself <laughs> i wish fright I, I, frighteners I, I, I was hoping it would have got first place but nope the, like uh, i'm gonna be the only asshole was, who votes for this i know it click I, that was a passion <laughs> project i pretty much just did that for myself because i love that movie dude I, that movie is fucking movie. phenomenal yeah Peter, uh, dude i yeah i fucking love that movie and by the way i also voted for it too the um uh, so we got two votes we got two, yeah two votes <laughs> we're the two assholes that voted for it everyone's the, looking at us like man these fucking morons <laughs> dude michael j fox and and it's peter jackson right yeah the uh, yeah dude what the fuck can't you, you what do you have we have, yeah. Anyway, they um. Uh, anyway, so um. Uh, uh, so closing out. Uh, thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Nightmares Podcast. Um, of course, you can uh, find us out on uh, everywhere where podcasts can be found on uh, Spotify, Anchor, and then of course, if you are watching us on YouTube, um, if you'd be so awesome to stab that like button, smash that subscribe, and click that little dingy bell to be notified every time we drop amazing content right here at MHN. Zach, where can they find us on social media? You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Slasher. <laughs> Thank you so much, um, uh, and uh, we will see you next time on the Nightmares Podcast.